Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Hi, I'm Mark Williams, and this is 365 Days of Sport. 365 Days of Sport. Good evening and welcome to yet another edition of the greatest sports radio show on the planet. Yes, it's 365 Days of Sport. Joining me as always in the studio, it's the man about town, the man on the base, the machine himself, Robert Bryce. The machine. Ah, the machine indeed. Do you want to tell them where the machine came from? You can go for it. I should probably explain, just so I don't like sound like an idiot. Yeah. We supported a band, uh, a singer called Mark Lanigan of Queens of the Stone Age, Screaming Trees. There was a review of the show. I was uh, We, we uh, opened up for him, the Mike Noga band. Yep. And the comment, one comment on the band was, the rhythm section is tight and the bass player is a machine. Oh, I love it. So, yeah, just a machine. Gotta love, uh, gotta love good reviews like that, mm. haven't you? Yeah, yeah, certainly do. How was Adelaide? Uh, Rob? Yeah. It's the hope that kills you. <laughs> it just is. It's just the hope that kills you. For three days, England were rubbish. Mm. Then for a couple of hours, they were great. Yep. And then for 12 to 14 hours, there were 60 million Brits yeah. just living in hope that England might win a test away from home. Yeah, yeah. Um, you and should then, have heard how loud the Barmy Army was on oh, the mate, TV. It I was, was there. I was in yeah. the middle of the Barmy Army. Mm. Sa- uh, honestly, Monday night mm. uh, was phenomenal. Yeah. It, in On the hill there, yeah. uh, it was just tremendous. It was Australians who were half cut. They were Brits who were half cut. And it was it was crazy. And the wickets were started falling. Mm. And um, all of a sudden... Uh, it, nobody realised that there was actually a game on. I was half expecting you weren't going to show up to, yeah. today. I thought you were going to give it a mess to stick around for the rest of the match. Well, I'm pretty glad I came back last night. Yeah. <laughs> it was <laughs> all, all over that, two overs. Yes, yeah. to prolong my stay. And uh, look, it's a kick in the guts for the, all those people that think four-day tests are a good idea. Mm-hmm. Because hey, it would have been a draw. Oh, for sure. Hey, i tell you what you missed out on, though, while you're away in Melbourne. Oh, okay. Big news from Melbourne. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you heard about this. It was headline on all the major stations. There was a huge build-up to it, massive anticipation. And what happened in Melbourne over the weekend was it was raining. Just that? That's it. Just raining. It headlined all the news that it was raining. Is this the storm the, that never happened? The storm that never happened. They were all prepped for it, stationed yeah. all over all over the city. There was, there was tram tracks. And they were all saying, look at the tram tracks submerged between water. It's like a puddle. Yeah. It was about an inch of water. It's a complete disaster. That was Melbourne, though. I'm pretty sure North Victoria actually copped an absolute hiding. In well, I, don't, of... I mean, that doesn't affect me. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> that's uh, true. Yeah. I'm sure they're pushing through. Pushing through, indeed. Mm-hmm. But, uh, well, there you go. I mean, we all live in fear. Actually, talking about rain, New Zealand's facing drought, Rob. My word. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it's uh, rained for two weeks, I think. Yeah. So they're, they're freaking out. It's the worst effects of the hot weather, according to stuff.co.nz. Right. Um, everyone is desperate for rain. This is only the start of the summer, and we are seeing it so dry. It was at the end of summer. In three months' time, we'd expect it, if it was the end. Sorry. The last rain was October 15, Rob. That is a fair way. And, fair then, while. It, and then it stopped. That's headline news in New Zealand. Uh, Linton dairy farmer Brian Underwood said... Uh, that that the vegetable supply uh, dependent on, was dependent on the region, 
and uh, John Seymour, who is uh, New Zealand Chief Executive for uh, Vegetables, mm. um, he was concerned whether the growers had irrigation or not. Well, all we can do is just bind together as a people, push through, continue to be progressive yep. as a progressive nation that is New Zealand, Yeah, and hope for the best. The Minister of Agriculture, Damien O'Connor, has asked officials to keep a close watch on how farmers and growers are managing in dry conditions. Mm. Maybe Not- we should get that infamous, infamous bowling attack that the last show mentioned with Murphy Seward, Richard DeGroen, and uh, Ewan Chatfield. Oh, that was a great really, bowling He moment. managed to find three of the worst bowlers of all time from New Zealand. Yeah. That's a great thing to do, actually, if you've got the spare time. Try oh. and name the worst New Zealand team of all oh, time. Willie Watson. It's a cracking team. Uh, Willie, no, Willie he Wood. probably too good. Chris Harris. Yeah. Um, Chris, come on, give Rod, Chris Harris. Rod he's, he's far too good. Wibbly, wobbly, dibbly, and dobbly. <laughs> they were 92 World Cup. They were the greatest uh, bowling attack we've ever yeah, seen in yeah, the World Cup. Yeah, yeah we definitely made took advantage of the green wickets in New Zealand. Oh, I just got Who, to say. You don't need to bowl fast when it moves on an angle, I'm no matter what you do. I never bowled fast, so I got loads of wickets. <laughs> uh, what's in the news, Rob? Well, you, you're doing the news. I so I, do. I assume you're going to have to tell me. Um, how's this? The mm. World Cup draw's just been done. Soccer World Cup. Soccer World Cup, sorry. Uh, New Zealand missed out to Peru. Australia snuck past... Aware um, of this. Yeah. Anyway, uh, football fans can get cheap World Cup tickets by being fat. That's uh, quite an interesting approach they've gone for there. What's the the reasoning there? Well, this is from, uh, obviously, The Sun. England fans plan to eat all the pies on the way to next summer's World Cup because they get cheap tickets if they weigh over 18 stone, which is 115 kilos. Right. FIFA has introduced special access tickets for tubby supporters, Mm. which only cost £80, the same as disabled fans' tickets. Oh, come on now. The super strength seats are in VIP sections with more room and they offer the best views in the stadiums. Uh, Category 3 tickets can cost up to uh, £343 on the official FIFA website and football chiefs fear the discount system could be abused. This is infuriating to hear. How can they? They can't do that. You can't have a fat person. It's not a disability. Well, Just stop eating pies. How about a salad? How about you want to try that one? How about a salad? Yeah. They insist all fat fans must carry signed doctor's notes stating their body mass <laughs> index to ensure they are heavy enough to qualify for the obese person's tickets. Some fans were accused of faking disabilities to take advantage of discounts of the 2014 right, World right. Cup in Brazil, with supporters filmed leaping out of wheelchairs when goals were scored. Oh, that's a big have there, isn't it? Yeah. Right, okay. The thing about this is, I understand full well there are circumstances of people who have had broken spines and whatever else and haven't been able to cover, yep. who cannot get to a point where they can physically move to burn off any calories whatsoever, yep. who probably then should think closely about their diet. Yeah. But when someone's a, just a, a pie-eating, beer-drinking behemoth, does no exercise and keeps drinking more and more beer, we've got to start, we've got to start getting real on this one. We do. Um, How's this for a line? All right. Football chiefs fear fat seats could also be open to abuse in Russia. <laughs> a source said Brazil show supporters would go to great lengths to watch important matches. I could see security guards being ordered to watch out for fat suits or multiple layers of clothing. <laughs> but what does the what does the actual? Here you go. Okay, here we go. FIFA says the minimum BMI to be eligible for an obese person ticket is 30, 35 kilos per meter squared. What does that even mean? I've got no idea. How do they measure that? Uh, they weigh you. Per metre squared, 35 kilos. So they basically, it's the body okay. mass, it's density of fat. Right, I see. Yeah. So then how do they determine 
So what the doctor's certificate would have to specify some sort of severe injury which has caused the obesity. Or just They can't just say this person eats way too much. Just he he's got no discipline whatsoever in any yeah. sex part of his life, so we're going to give him a special allowance. I've seen this is uh, on an unrelated note. I've seen people in California go to a psychiatrist saying they're stressed out so they mm. can get a marijuana license. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's the difference? Well, that's that doesn't harm anyone else. <laughs> well, they just want to sit around and. Well, these people just want to watch bit. cheap football at the World Cup. Yeah, but this I don't like this. It's an encouraging and severe laziness. So if you're on the borderline, you've just got to cram in uh, the pizzas, yeah. get on the coke, <laughs> not uh, coke drink. Yeah, obviously, Coca-Cola. other fuzzy drinks yeah. are available. No, the other one would probably have the opposite effect, wouldn't it? Well, uh, who who would know? Who I don't yeah, know. Definitely not. not. From what I've heard, from what I've heard as well, Daniel Baldwin on uh, Celebrity Biggest Loser. <laughs> yes, we'll go that's, into that that's another what he time. Does, lose weight. Yeah. Mm. Hey, uh, talking of football, Manchester United, mm. biggest club in the world, allegedly. Yep. Um, they've just uh, announced Melita to become their official coffee partner. Melita. Yeah, I don't know about them. We should talk about Masita while we're talking about partners. Sure. Because Masita, they're the greatest sportswear and teamwear company in Australia. If you want any teamwear on and off-field apparel for your sporting club, be it football, AFL, basketball, any team sport whatsoever, get in touch with Masita. You can contact them on masita.com.au or 1300 Masita. Just tell them Beefy and Rob sent you there. Thank you very kindly, Masita. But back to Melita. Yes. Masita probably wished they were sponsoring Man United instead of us. Oh, yeah. But uh, anyway, good. they probably you do. Take what you can get. So Manchester United have become famous for winning cups, but now they are set to become notorious for pouring them. Mm. Uh, latest bizarre commercial time will see high-end coffee machine manufacturers Melita work with the work with the Red Devils as their official coffee partner. This brings their list up to official partners to fifty-four. Right? What, do they? Yeah. Why do they need an official coffee partner? Well, they like, don't because who, people are just trying to just trying to chime uh, in on piggyback the, the marketing, Rob. Yeah. So chai is their soft drink partner in Nigeria. Mm. Uh, Donico is their casino and resort partner for Thailand. Uh, <laughs> Marathon Bet is their global betting partner. Kansai Paint paint partner. Uh, obviously, Adidas. A paint partner. They got a paint partner. Of course, yeah. they have. It's like um, what's a. Uh, what's the one in New Zealand? Razine. Razine. They're the official p- paint partner of the Eden they, Park. They have British paints, actually. I think it's quite popular. Oh, is it? There you go. Um, but financial partners. Uh, Banco Guayaquil, financial services affinity partner in Ecuador. I've heard they're good. Yeah. Mm. Those Ecuadorian yeah, financial yeah. partners. Can you do dodgy stuff? Are they good for laundering and that sort of stuff? Could have been. Danamon yeah. is their consumer branding partner in e- Indonesia. I <laughs> the mean, list, it's the list just, goes on. It does. It's absolutely ridiculous, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Cable and Wireless is their quad play partner for the Caribbean. Why have they got this? I mean, I know it makes money, but this is Maybe just... they spend their summers there. They go on the team and hang out, and they sort of want to bring it back. Maybe. It's just crazy. Um, it actually says in this report... Do you think report, we'll get to the point where we can have a list this long and people want to be affiliated with 365 If anyone in Indonesia wants yeah. to sponsor us and uh, make us their official partner, yeah. Yeah. then uh, please get in touch with uh, 365daysofsport.com. Brilliant. Because... Uh, you know, uh, Viva, integrated telecoms partner for Bahrain and Kuwait. Ah, uh, yeah. Because the yeah. Bahrain and Kuwaitis love a bit of uh, yeah. telecommunication. And it's, surely Dubai's involved somewhere, are they? No? Yeah. Man well, City? No. That's it. I just, we, we were talking about uh, clickbait the other week, well, a few weeks ago, weren't we? Uh, what's the first thing? What Tiger Woods' his ex-wife looks now? <laughs> 
that Left one is, us with no words. <laughs> that one is prevalent. <laughs> and then it's very is it misleading. Like, is, does that mean she's gone to pieces or is she still absolutely I stunning? I think she's stunning uh, yeah. in all honesty. How, hey, Tigers did all right in the golf and the comeback is on. Well, he played. He, he, but he, he, was, got, like, he was in front for the oh, was two he? rounds. I thought he missed a cut. I think, nah. Oh, no, I don't Oh, I hope I'm not misinforming everyone. No, he definitely played he all He got an rounds. eagle. I saw that on the highlights. Yeah, no, he, he was just fell to pieces the last couple of rounds. Yeah. Pretty sure. Len, uh, talking about wheelchair, I agree with you. The, I think it was the, it was the, um, it wasn't wheelchair. The Spanish team uh, in basketball at the uh, Paralympics, they were actually uh, in the kind of the, uh, the mentally uh, retarded uh, basketball tournament, right. but they were all fine. Right. They just pretended they had mental impairment. Right. And they went on to win gold at the Paralympics, and then they found out that none of them were actually they mentally impaired. They were acting. Impaired. They were acting mentally impaired to win gold at the Paralympics, yes. That's the, probably the lowest thing I've ever heard in history. Oh, it's unbelievable. That's, That's crazy. hilariously funny. Right? They must have been secretly laughing to each other. Or off mm. the court. Yeah, Out yeah. of sight, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But so, but yeah, it was once... the Spanish basketball Paralympic team, yeah. Yeah, then the game was up, wasn't it, really? The game was up. Well, they won true. gold. Uh, oh, hey, uh, is there any news from Melton this week? It's been really hot in Melton. Why is that? Because it's the hottest place on earth, Rob. Really? Why? Because it's Melton. Did we do it right this week? Nah, still one too many sentences. Oh, no! <laughs> short and sweet, short and sweet. Oh, no, never mind. Hey, I was, um, I was playing chess with a mate of mine the other day, and he said, uh, do you want to make this more interesting? So we stopped playing chess. Yes! yes! We're firing all cylinders. It's 11.20. The silence speaks for itself. <laughs> oh, unbelievable. Right, what else is news? Right, top tens. Top tens? Right, I've got some belters this week. Oh. Now, we're talking about um, nicknames. I don't know why. Were we talking about nicknames? No, nah, we had, we had uh, bad names, and then we talked about possibly doing sports headline puns. We talked about it, but I decided, I realised there were some good nicknames kicking about, so this is it. The best Top 10 sports nicknames, punniest sports nicknames of all time, because we've got to keep the punniest theme going. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, here's tonight's top 10. Love it, love it. The stings! We just live for the stings. Punniest right. nicknames. Punniest nicknames, right. These so you've got to name the athlete's real name and then the nickname? Kind of. I'll just go through it. Uh, Honourable mentions first. Uh, Steve Riley, who I used to play cricket with in Helensville in Queensland. Mm. I used to call him Batsma because he wasn't quite a batsman. Good. Yeah. That's not bad. Uh, I used yeah. to play cricket with Adil Raja, who used to play for Holland. He was an off-spinner. Yeah. He was called Super Dupe because he was Super Dupe Adil. I, do I, I don't even get that. Super duper deal. It's when so you go in the shop and you get two for one. It's and you super, get a super duper deal. Super duper deal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the real great joke is when you have to explain it. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, we've got to mention John Eels. Uh, nobody, because yeah, nobody's, nobody's perfect. perfect. Yep. Um, Brian Robson was called Tampon. Why? Because uh, he was injury prone. One week Ooh, in, three weeks that's, out. <laughs> that's, that's vulgar, that's, but it's funny it's vulgar. at the same time. Uh, Andrew Swallow from North Melbourne, Spitter. Right. We won't go near uh, it. Uh, Afghanistan, Dean War, who was Mark War and Steve War's brother. Afghanistan was the Forgotten War. <laughs> Beautiful, isn't it? <laughs> we got We do have to explain some of these. Um, Chelsea's Cesar Aspilagueta. Yep. He's called Dave <laughs> because of his rather hard to pronounce yeah, name. Yeah, shorten it. Charles Barkley was christened the Round Mound of Rebound. 
That's from right. basketball. It was quite Lots good of there. rhyming in there, isn't it? Uh, Island, Island rugby hooker Keith Wood, the raging potato, because he oh, looked like a yeah, raging yeah, yeah. Potato. Well, he's a ball guy, wasn't he? Um, Graham Johncock he used to play for Adelaide. Right. It was called Stiffy. There we go. So they're the honourable mentions. There was a All Black called um, Beer Bottle because he was empty from the neck up. I can't remember who it was though. No, I don't. I've not heard of You're that. Not there? Anyway, no. okay. Here we go. The countdown. Golfer, Aaron Badley, mm-hmm. bads.com. He's affectionately known as Dresses. Right. Aaron Dresses Badley. Ooh. Just See, there. they're puns. They're go. puns, people. Yeah. Not really good. a pun, more a way uh, of life for him. India and Punjabi cricketer Harbhajan Singh. Yep. The Turbinator. <laughs> Love that. Uh, from Geelong Cats, AFL's David Wojcicki, affectionately known as Monica. Ah, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah love nice that. one. Yep. Uh, former AFL, St Kilda and Port Adelaide, Dave Granger. He was known as Grave Danger. Just a just, bit of... Just swap it around. Beautiful, swap love that. Around. There for the taking, wasn't it? Rugby league stalwart, Martin, chariots of fire. Easy. Brilliant, love yeah. that. Wigan, witness, London Broncos. Played in Australia a bit. That's right, I mean, he was very quick too, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, NFL yeah. player, Andre Risen, more known as Bad Moon. Uh, yeah, for, a bit of credence. Bit of our mate from the other week. Credence Clearwater James Kuta. Johnson. Kuta. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Brazil. Yeah. Uh, rugby League, again, Cronulla, Gold Coast, Newcastle. Matt Hilda, affectionately known as Waltzing. Waltzing, Walt, Matt, Waltzing Matt Hilda. Waltzing Matilda. <laughs> Just, uh, yes. They're actually reasonably clever. Yeah, they're but, actually pretty but good. not that funny. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> football, Everton, Newcastle and Scotland. Duncan Ferguson, he had a penchant for having a pint, was more affectionately known as Duncan Disorderly. There we go. They just they just keep coming. Uh, yeah. Yeah. More rugby league. They've infiltrated this top ten. Newtown, Manly and Canterbury. Phil Sigsworth was known as What's a Packet of? <laughs> Phil, what's a packet of Sigsworth? And the greatest, punniest nickname. Of all Number time, drum roll. goes to footballer, ex-Crystal Palace, Wigan, QPR, Newcastle, Watford, and Alderman, many other teams. He was a defender. He was called Fitzhall. His nickname was One Size. I got it. One Size Fitzhall. There you go. Did you know, as Aaron Badley, devout mm. Christian from Melbourne. There you Is go. He? Yeah. How about that? Bads.com. So this that's the Badley. top ten. We better take a break, Rob. We're coming back with, I'm thinking this is the worst ever song in our 40-odd shows, this is it. This All is right. number one. I'm ready. We played the first song that came to his head. It just so happened to be. It was the worst song in the world. It was the worst song in the world. Listen to the song and it's clear of all. Because the words don't fit and the song is shit. You're a talentless. You suck! Welcome back to SCN 1116 with Beefy and Rob on 365 Days of Sport. And it is time for the worst song in the world. Beefy has dug something up here. Worst song in the world for those who are new to the show. It's quite simply when sports, management, teams, marketing get involved with a musician and they try to come up with some idea to promote their team in some way, shape or form. The result's often an absolute disaster. Beefy, have you found... A disaster for us to listen to this week. Well, I was in Adelaide, obviously at the test match, mm. and this came on the screen. And I love the way you said it's when marketing people get involved. Mm. I've just I've whacked up the 
article. Sarah Pike, VP of Marketing and Communications at MasterCard Australasia, said, right. I don't want to read anymore. You've, that sold it to me. Right. <laughs> this is Australia's answer to the Barmy Army. Mm-hmm. This is Mike Hussey and Mitch Stark with their kind of their repost yep. to being taunted by the Barmy Army over all these years. Well, today we're trying to come up with some songs to get the Aussie crowd supporting the Aussie team. Good. Yeah, I thought I thought that was a good one. Mitch Stark and I are sick and tired of copping stick from the Barmy Army, so <laughs> we'd love to be able to give a bit back. Where is warm beer? That's in England. <laughs> we got Dennis to help us out here. Mike and I have tried to feed him a few ideas. Did get the feeling that uh, Huss just wanted to be in there. A bit more cowbell? I can bring it in whenever you want. Yeah, Mike, um, he really backed himself as a musician. Yeah, all right, mate. I know what I'm doing here. It's but, all right. Um, it's all hopefully the Aussie crowd can get behind some of these songs and sing them around the ashes and, and get behind the Aussie team. Agree on is we love to beat the palms. Oh, we are the Barbie Army and we love to beat the palms. Yep, that's the one. Got it. One take. Here we go. Oh, we argue over football and which code is the best. We argue over politics, we argue east with west. But if you think we're divided, then you'd be thinking wrong. Cause the one thing that unites us is we love to beat the pumps. Oh, we are the Barbie Army and we love to beat the pumps. We love to turn our sausages and lamb chops with our tongs. We hear the Barbie Army's laying pantomime songs. But we are the Barbie Army and we love to beat the pumps. We argue over where the steak should be rare or well done. We argue over where the tofu burgers can be fun. We stand around the barbie and argue all day long. But the one thing we agree on is we love to beat the pumps. Oh, we are the barbie army and we love to beat the pumps. We love to have a barbie wearing some green hats and thongs. We hear the barbie army's playing football hooligan songs. But we are the barbie army and we love to beat the pumps. Oh, we are the barbie army and we love to beat the pumps. We love to turn our sausages and land shots with our tongs. It just sort of carries on like that, does it? Yeah, it ends up with a bit of uh, we got the sunshine, 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 and you got the rain right. at the end. Yeah. Right, okay, just repeated that. So who's actually behind the writing of that? Is, is, is Mike Hussey actually involved in the writing and, and Mitch Stark involved in the writing of that particular one? Um, it's some kind of uh, Dennis Carnahan, whoever Dennis Carnahan right. is, he kind of... Uh, he was the lyricist. He was the Tim Rice of the Andrew Lloyd Webber, <laughs> Tim Rice sort of arrangement in there. Yeah. Um, and Mike Hussey was obviously on Cowbell, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm not sure of Mitch Stark's musical uh, prowess. Prowess. Um, well, look, I, I, I want to make this very clear. Now, we've got in the studio here ourselves a, a Welshman and a Kiwi. Yeah. We're well used to getting destroyed fairly regularly by the Australian cricket team for, for the most, most part of our lives. Yes. And I don't want to sound like at all like we're bitter about that in terms of judging this song and in any way anti-Australians. We love this country. We love, oh, I love living it. here. That's why we're here. Um, we do find it hard to support your cricket team because you've always been the best. Yeah. But this song is a disaster. Uh, yes. Very, very poor. Um, this came up on the big screen announcing it to the right. 55,000 people in attendance. And I you was, thought, uh, oh, <laughs> oh, really? You really want to go public with this? <laughs> and it's going to be part of a MasterCard ad can, Is that right? Uh, Possibly. Mm-hmm. You can imagine the reaction from the Barmia. That it, are generally quick-witted. Yeah. Um, they live in an environment where you have to be quick in mind and in answer to you things. You have to have an immediate retort. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got to be ready to go at the snap of a finger yeah. or the uh, crack of a 
Mike Hussey A flat. And this is yeah, and this this has gone away and I've this is a calculated effort. Yeah. They, they've had a lot of thought into it. Lots of minds have well, gone together. MasterCard have obviously spent big with mm. this. It basically well. just says we like beating you at cricket. Yeah, kind of. And we're it's sunny in Australia and it's it's rainy in yeah. England. And England in England they drink warm beer, mm. which is quite nice by okay. the way if you're into real ale. Yeah, well, I think they got to get their heads uh, together and try and come up with something a bit better in the long run. The uh, the last ver- uh, the last verse chorus sorry uh, verse uh, mm. I'm not musical as you know Rob. <laughs> now you say we've got no culture, you say we've got no art, you mm. call us dirty convicts, you think that breaks our hearts. You say your songs are better, and maybe you are right, but we kindly ask you to look up in the sky because. They're now just saying... Oh, going to the weather thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, the text's coming in, and a guy, uh, Neil, said he just vomited. I'm not surprised. It's pretty bad. Yeah. I'm pushing. I'm pushing for this. This is now the worst sports-related song in the it's an, world. It's an, in an attempt to be comical, it's fallen well short. It's, it's uh, even fallen well short of humour. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Not just in tune. It does, there's, I know no, there's, it's there's, actually, there's no jokes in it. Yeah. There's not one joke. You don't get surprised at any point. Yeah. You expect some sort of punchline or something, and it just doesn't come. Yeah. No, it's very true. So, uh, back, to, it, back to my, you know, if you want to stick with the same crew, oh, it's up to you, the people of Australian cricket, yeah. who is behind this one. But uh, there's work to be done, people. There's a lot of work to be done. <laughs> All right, Rob, what are we going to do? We're going to do Guess That Guest? Better Guess That Guest. Guess Edited version of Guess That Guest. Yeah, well, I nearly joined in there for a second. Uh, Guess That Guest is uh, Rob is a, a pseudo famous artist. He's a musician. He's a stand up comedian. He's also been in a film. You might have seen, seen his right arm in The Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. Um, but that's about it. So, Rob's mission. Now, now one of the rules of comedy is when you go to introduce someone who's going to attempt to do something vaguely humorous, yeah. you don't turn them up like they're amazing. I like turning you, you up, you Rob. Just, you just sort of say, we're going to do this thing now. So, Rob. So, you're setting me up already <laughs> to fail here. Well, you wait till after this segment because we will know. You may be the new Mike Hussey and Mitch Stark of <laughs> Guess That Guest. Uh, in terms of where we're at, so Rob being, he's going to uh, put on, uh, he's basically going to become a world famous sports star. Yeah. Uh, beefy. We don't have time to get guests in, so yeah, I'm substituting as a yep. famous guest. And so, uh, Beefy, the man who's interviewed world-famous people like uh, Britt Klein um, and um, That's really, other people. Yeah, yeah so, no one even knew who that was. No. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo, is that what you're going to say? Uh, <laughs> Daniel Ricciardo, who's he? <laughs> uh, you know, other people. I've interviewed uh, Rob. Yeah, basically in the past. Um, so he's. I'm going to interview Rob as if he is the world famous sports star, and I've got to try and guess who he is. It's as simple as that. That's what it's called. Guess that guest. Are right. you ready, Rob? Are I'm you, ready. Are I'm you in? Like, are you in persona? I'm nail this one. Okay then. All right, here we go. Hello, welcome to the 365 Days of Sport Radio Show, Mister Guest. Welcome back to Melbourne. Thank you, thank you, Beefy. It's a pleasure to be back, and I'm so happy after last time I was here. That I was invited back into the big bash, and I'm looking forward to smashing the ball all over the park and right out for a huge six, and then we're going to put a party afterwards, a party with the ladies, yeah? The ladies. Uh, how do you reflect on last year's incident that seemed to cause so much controversy? Look, B, the whole thing was just a total misunderstanding. I was simply concerned for Mel's health and her well-being. I thought that perhaps she was having some kind of like a, like a hot flush. 
And she was quite red in the face. And this is why I say, don't blush, baby. Yeah. It was a simple joke, but then everyone go crazy. Do you consider yourself reformed? Have you, uh, have you changed your ways at all? Definitely. Definitely. BP, I can honestly say that I consider myself now a feminist. And I'm a huge supporter of women's liberation. Well, you're on the right show, Chris, because uh, we're a pro-feminist show here on 365 Days of Sport. <laughs> well, you may well know that back in Jamaica, I run my own highly successful male escort service. This is for women on tour in Jamaica wanting to spend some time with a big, strong, strapping Jamaican man, not unlike myself. But then when I realized this was not a gender-neutral idea, this was not good for feminism. So to enhance women's liberation, I now have hired 46 female escorts as well. Equality, Chris. That's what we think here, equality. Uh, back to the cricket, though. Um, how do you motivate yourself to perform kind of uh, out on the field uh, nowadays? It's easy to motivate. Easy to motivate. All I do is listen to DJ Bravo's hit song, Champion. I believe DJ Bravo is a great poet. He's up there with Bob Dylan, Oscar Wilde, Shannon Noel. <laughs> DJ Bravo knows that I am a champion. I love, being, I love being listed with all other greatest black men and women from all over the world who are my equals, Barack Obama, Serena Williams, Michael Jordan, 9.58, Usain Bolt, the champion. Usain Bolt, 9.58, is a champion. Yes, the champion. You may not know this, Beefy, yeah. but I am the second fastest man in the world behind Usain Bolt. He ran a 9.58, I ran a 9.59. You know when I run this 9.59? When I have to make a run to the airport to escape Australian media after I tell some reporter, don't blush, baby. <laughs> uh, well, Chris Gale, well, I do wish you all the very best. Hopefully, after uh, tonight's interview, you might invite me back to the Gale Mansion for yes. one of your famous parties. Yes, yes, BB will have Miss Barbados, Miss Trinidad and Tobago, Appleton Rum, Appleton, all the ladies can dance on the stripper pole, and I'm in love with all of them. The party at the house, champion. Champion indeed. Chris Gale, thank you for joining us. Hey, Hopefully, BB. we'll see you back at the Big Bash. Don't blush, BB. <laughs> <laughs> Extended, extended, extended version. Hey, I'm getting through our Facebook site, yeah. through the uh, Facebook page, 365 mm. Days of yeah. Sport Radio. Mm. There are people emailing us about you buggers. Yeah, I've got the Facts of Life theme tune in my head. I've had it in my head all day. It's a great tune. It's catchy. It's a, lot, it's a fantastic catchy. tune. If you want to join the party, 365 Days of Sport Radio. There is a we got 365 Days of Sport on the Facebook as well. So mm-hmm. feel free to contact me and Rob and. Uh, We'd love to have your uh, input to the show. Well, we just had some message through on the after guest that guest. Oh, she knows who it was. It's Shane Warne using a Jamaican accent. Of course it is. Thanks, Mars. <laughs> uh, we've got a few suggestions for more guests that guests yeah, as yeah. well. We which can't are, say them out loud. We can't we say might, them because might, it'll spoil, spoil the party. Surprise, uh, and Dean, yes, um, Brecon Beacons is in Wales, and that's where the SAS do train. I'll just let you know. Yeah. Bit of trivia. trivia. Because this is Facts of Life, Rob. Yes, well, we're going back to our journey again, are we? I just want to say... Oh. Did you know it's National Microwave Oven Day today as well? Yeah, I didn't and know And you that. know, because uh, myself and Rob lived together for quite a while, mm. what was my favourite meal? 
He would grab a frozen, a rank Coles frozen pizza straight out the freezer. Yeah. And wouldn't put it in the oven. He'd heat it up in the microwave. Soggy, flimsy, disgusting, and just eat that. Most nights of the week. Does anyone else, if you want to text us, 0433, uh, whatever it is, There'll be some something 1116. Horrible person that probably does. It's do probably that, some yeah. single bachelor, 0433 981116. I knew it was someone like that. Yeah. Uh, if you microwave frozen pizza and like eating that, please text in. Beefy's desperately searching for allies. For, the, I need a brother. <laughs> I need a brother in desperate need of a dodgy feed. All right. Oh, we, are, we, hey. are we going back to our 365 trip, the, the hey, almighty yeah. trip? Okay, if you didn't know, myself and Rob uh, set out on the world's best sporting journey. Um, we tried to go and see 365 different sports in the space of 365 days. Mm. We got halfway round. Rob then went back to work, and then I went and kind of finished it off. Set a new world record for the world's biggest sports fan. I'm officially the world's biggest sports fan. I saw 306 different sports in a year. One of our favourite sports was jousting. Mm. Yes? It certainly was. This is, this is a major focus. We've, we've cut together an hour-long pilot of uh, this particular part of the trip, which starts when we're in Phoenix and then goes into San Antonio. We just overstay the night in Dallas Airport, <laughs> yeah. which was not much fun when you've been on the road for four and a half months already. And we then got up and we drove to San Antonio for tree climbing champs. and The then, World Tree Climbing yeah. Championships. And then Beefy surprised me. I didn't even really know this was happening. I didn't know what was happening most of the time. That we were going out near Austin, Texas to go and see full metal professional jousting. Yes. Which Well, he just said jousting. And my, my vision in my head was going to be on the out, outside, like, redneck munters yes. drinking Jack Daniels, like, on the back of a horse wearing hockey gear. Like, just trying to waste with each other. With a broomstick, yeah. Yeah, with a broomstick. And going, okay, sweet, we're really <laughs> clutching at straws here. Um, and we ended we... up at a massive renaissance fair, didn't we? Yes, it was. It was called... Sherwood Forest. Sherwood Forest. <laughs> Sherwood Forest. In, in the, the middle of Texas. Texas. Yeah. And so we wandered into this place, and everyone's dressed up in medieval attire, and yeah. they're drinking beer out of horns and, and all that sort of stuff. Eating and, turkey legs. That was yeah. the other thing. They had these huge turkey legs, and people were walking around literally eating them off the bone. Yeah, it looked like oblix, asterisks and oblix, the way that, you know, wild Well, they were medieval like. as well, Rob. They certainly were. Um, and anyway, so we wandered through this park, and it was a complete surprise. I was not expecting it to be what it was. We started watching the jousting, filmed a bit of it, and then Beefy says, oh, Rob, we'll go over and try to get an interview. I say, yes, sweet. Because it's jousting something more ridiculous, that's normally one that I would do first. If yeah. it's a serious, more serious sports person, Beefy always takes the interview. But if it's something ridiculous that's not to be taken seriously, I do the interview. And that didn't really work in my favour because the guy who I spoke to, Charlie Mason Andrews, the world's greatest jouster of modern-day times, takes it very seriously what he does. Oh, yeah. And calls himself the unofficial jousting world champion. Yeah, yeah. Or the heavy armour world champion as well. So. Now, he's a very, very big lad. He's, a, oh, he's probably about my height, actually. He's about 6'3", six, six, three, three, yeah. but he would have 40 kegs, I reckon, on me in terms of weight, so he'd be about 115, I'm guessing. You have to remember, these jousters, they wear suits of armour mm. that weigh... 55 yeah. kilos, 120 pounds worth of armour, whilst riding a horse, mm. whilst trying to kill someone with a, with a lance. So when you fall off the horse, that 50 kg goes <laughs> down with you. Oh, yeah. And that's where you start thinking about breaking broken collarbones yeah. and shoulders and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So anyway, should we, should we sort of get to the audio We'll just shortly? jump straight we'll into just, the interviews. We'll, we'll right. Interviews, this so. guy is larger than life. Absolutely brilliant guy. And you'll, you'll see or hear through the interview that... I struggled to get a yeah, word in, just, and Rob just 
I didn't know what laughing. the hell I was in for. I just kept laughing in his face, which got him angrier and angrier. <laughs> and and so anyway, this is I'm in the first half, which is before the jousting event, and then Beefy talks to him afterward, yeah. and it'll come in halfway through. Yeah. Here we are with uh, Charlie Andrews, the badass <laughs> self-proclaimed Damn. title. Hey. I don't know. You can walk around. Everyone else will tell you. Everyone will tell you. Yeah. Well, you're quite a sizable chap. Yes. You're actually taller and more solid than myself. Thank you. Thank you. I'm even tall laying down. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, it, it must help you when you're on the horse in terms of having that bit more mass. You know? Well, it's basic physics, brother. Yeah. Mass plus acceleration equals yeah. oh, sh**. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I bring a big can of oh, sh**. <laughs> you got to work on your English accent. It's, it's, it's sort of, uh, it's sort of. Oh well, yeah. I, it comes in and out. Yeah, yeah. Know? Right now we went Scottish. <laughs> it was almost we're Scottish a Canadian now. in there yeah, or well, something. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. That's yeah. oh, a good mix. It's a new hybrid, new Alberta, generation. So, like, <laughs> How did the results go? I won. You won. I won. The other jousters, do yes, they generally sir. go, oh no, I'm up against Charlie. Before, do you think they've got fear in their eyes when they got to take you on? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 You can Google that. <laughs> It's historically accurate. If you Google Charlie Andrews, you'll see the history of all my tournament wins. How many years? You got a doing? couple little pecker necks over there in Australia yeah, yeah. that talk a lot of, shit, but they won't come over here and joust. <laughs> yeah, I'll buy your plane ticket. Come here, let me you up, and I'll send you back home. It's all good, man. I'm sure they appreciate that. He's really real straight talker. You know, you don't take. Well, any- you know, I thought Australians were real straight talkers, <laughs> but apparently not. They're a bunch of Sheilas, and they run their mouth, and then they don't back it up. They don't come over here, show up for tournaments, and they don't want us to come over there. Because I will no kick their f***ing bingo, smash them. <laughs> you, can be, you can be like the kangaroo, and they can be like just some pathetic little, almost like a platypus. No, no, you, no, no. You stand on I grew them. up watching Crocodile Hunter. I'd be a friggin' oh, yeah? croc. Yeah? I'd be a big, nasty croc out yeah. in the bush, in the outback. And they'd come out there, and I'd just... Uh, <laughs> croc ate your dingo! Crikey! Oh, you sound like you're a very versatile a man. Well, I, yeah. hey, I played rugby. Not that pussy Australian rules rugby either. Ah, uh, right. Well, yeah. I'm actually the from New Zealand. Shit. So oh, uh, we're, I know all about rugby. Oh, good. We've won the World Cup See, the last good. two years, so we're, we're not too bad. all blacks are. Don't try to clown me. I know the f***ing <laughs> Maoris. Stop your shit right there. I'm part Maori. So, yeah. Well, I'm part Native American. We're almost cousins. Oh, there we go. Great. <laughs> This is it's getting more same. increasingly more intimidating. Well, now I actually through. like you. <laughs> now that he told me you're a, you're a kiwi, oh, I yeah. like kiwis. Well, see, oh, man, okay. at least now you know I'm not full of <laughs> right? That's right. <laughs> Judgment so, day. Judgment day, the champion returns. The way they were measured, they were That's found right. wanting. So, 7-3 down with one to go. Yes, sir. And uh, come up with the goods. And I went out and did it. Losers complain, champions train, and when the chips are down, you give them everything you got, and if that's enough, then hell yeah. yeah. To be honest, the first two, he looked uh, he looked on form as well. He he thought uh, I thought he might have had the little better. On point, he was actually ahead of me. Yeah, uh, going in that last pass, yeah, no, he was winning. He was winning. Yeah, um, you know that that falls under shit happens. Yeah. Um, not every pass goes your way. Not every whatever, but that right there, kids, is why you keep on. You fight till. You it. play every game to the last second, and you make every match and every pass to the last run. That's right. Because a lot of guys will let that first pass get in their head and be like, "Oh, I'm already down," and then yeah, they yeah. just fall apart. And um, uh, in all honesty, even, even in life, you get down, you get back up. I was gonna say, in all honesty, how much of jousting is mental? I think it's ninety percent mental. Anything yeah. you do, yeah, whether yeah, it's okay. rugby, jousting, golf, uh, fighting, MMA, guys, yeah. you know, MMA thing. Oh, so barbaric. No. It's actually human chess. Yeah, yeah. 
with a lot of pain involved. I mean, the, the mental part of it's 90% of it. Most of these guys are beat when we're still in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you've beat everyone long enough, you become legendary. And people are already beat before you get in there. And then you, you, get, you get matches, you win, just because they really don't think they can yeah. beat you. And just talking to you today, these two conversations we've had, we can already tell that you've got that you've got that leverage over these guys because you automatically believe you're going to win, whatever the circumstances. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter. I could have got knocked out the first pass. Yeah. I'm still going to get back on. I'm yeah. going to smoke your ass. I'm going to win that match. I'll tell you something. People always ask you, you know, what drives you, what does this, what does that. Most people live their life by T-shirt phrases and bumper stickers. Those are the foundation of my DNA. Yeah. So when you say what the mind can conceive, the body can achieve, I believe that it's my core value system. Like, I, I, there's no doubt in it. Yeah. When you say anything can be accomplished, I believe that. Yeah. When they say you can be anything you want to be in life, whatever, I believe that. Yeah. When I walk on that field, I am going to f***ing destroy you. Yeah. Now, should you do enough to beat me? Well, good for you. Well, now, let's go again. Yeah, yeah. Let's go again. Because who wants to go again? Not one of those. And I'll get back on right now. Right f***ing now. Right now, Rob. Right now. You have no idea how much swearing I had to actually cut out of that. Oh, oh, yeah. You could probably get a fair uh, idea. I've, I was there. I, I don't, I'd like to know how much of the rant he had yeah. actually had practiced by, uh, you know, in his own time going over and over in his head. Because it had this sort of preachy rhythm yeah, to yeah. it and almost rhyme at oh, times. Oh, he knew. He, yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's what he... Yeah, man, that's the... It's the foundation of his DNA, Rob. <laughs> Bumper stickers and T-shirt slogans. That is the foundation. I love the way he said, MMA, UFC. Yeah, It's like human chess, just mm. with a lot of pain involved. <laughs> so <laughs> still, still, It's still kind of... Uh, this, the strange thing is, we did that a while ago, and we've, we've kind of kept in touch with uh, Charlie Adams, uh, Andrews. Andrews. <laughs> Charlie Adams is somebody else. Um, and, you know, we, we kind of follow uh, what he does, and he just wins. Mm-hmm. Time after time well, after quite, time. The, the thing about that interview, which is which we yes, we had to keep it short, obviously, yeah. but he just that rant was actually the pretty tame section. It gets more and more nuts as he goes on, yeah. and he goes crazy. And then he'd been going on for so long, like a good eight minutes of just Charlie <laughs> ranting. I'm behind the camera; it's pretty hot. I was getting a bit over the whole thing because yeah. I, I, as you could tell, I couldn't take him seriously. You were at least able to pretend to take him seriously with those rants. Yeah, no, no I do respect it. You know, it's not yes. easy what he does, obviously. But um, and he then he, I sort of gave the wrap up signal from behind yeah, the camera, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he saw it, but didn't go down very well again. <laughs> so then he just started ripping into me, paying out on me. But we couldn't. I've never been able to show any of it because he does lots of uh, homophobic sort yeah, of slurs. Yeah, yeah. He just he um he's made a lot of money through jasting because he's uh, he goes on about his Bentley convertible. Put it that way, uh, basically. But um, look, uh, I'll tell you what we'll do though. We'll put that show, the the full pilot show, on our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. So if anyone, all the listeners, want to have a look at what. Uh, some of the journey that we went on, and there's a lot of the jousting in this show, I'll put on our Facebook page. I'll put on the um, 365 Days of Sport uh, page. There'll be a full TV show. If you've got an hour that you can spare in your life and you want to be entertained by some of the antics myself and Rob got up to in the States, uh, I'll whack that on tonight and uh, have a look. We'd love your feedback as well to see uh, if you'd watch a show like this because um, it's groundbreaking to say the least. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll do that. But uh, We're not being great mates with Charlie, as we said, and we yeah. had, a, had a quick beer with him afterwards. And he, he's actually coming down here in January next year. Is I believe so. I believe he's coming down to take on some of the Australian jousters. So uh, we'll wait and see. We'll keep you updated with that. And obviously, if he comes down, he'll be on the show live. 
and he'll have to be restrained. Well, you had him once. You called him from here, didn't we did, you? Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. But he was just on super good behaviour. Yeah, he was. He really was. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dean in Crib Point. Um, you're going on about sports, playing volleyball with a medicine ball because I am the uh, the great what? authority on world sports. Look up Hoover Ball. That is exactly what playing volleyball with a medicine they ball play- is. How is that possible? I don't know. Hoover Ball, but look it up. They do a world championship once a year, and it's in a, it's in about end of August, early September. So they play it in Iowa. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, so, Dean, look up Hoover Ball, and you will see volleyball with a medicine ball. Just be broken arms and fingers. <laughs> I know. Work. Yeah, there it is. Um, so there we go. I understand you've uh, found a brand new sport. Brand new sport. German sport. I'm not sure whether it's an official. Okay. It's called Flunky Ball. It's called a German drinking game. Um, basically, it is. Oh, look! I'll do. Uh, the it's a park sport. These groups are making a ruckus, uh, putting forth huge effort, whether it's sprinting or drinking. After asking around, I've got to grab this off the internet. Obviously, uh, flunky ball is a popular German gr- drinking game, placing two teams against each other on opposite sides of a small field, uh, generally on Saturday afternoons. Um, it involves drinking German beer and enjoying the green grass and the shining sun. You need a beer bottle for each participant, a projectile and a target. You divide into two teams. Uh, everyone has a beer. Uh, you line up five aside opposite each other. Um, in this game, they used a small potato as a projectile. Oh. It can be anything dense, round and baseball sized. Uh, they utilize an empty beer bottle as a target. So you basically, you throw the potato at the beer bottle. If you knock it over, you have to keep drinking by the time you go in and uh Put the uh, glass upright. This is very uh, German. Yes, very German. Uh, basically, a player from T1 throws the projectile at the target. If projectile misses, target uh, misses the target. Team 2 would throw. If Team 2 hits the target and fails, every player on Team 2 begins to drink their beers. Then the players from the opposing team run out, set the target back upright, grab the projectile, return to their lineup. So you use one projectile. Once crossing the threshold back, the Team 2 yells, Stop! Informing Team 1 to stop drinking their beers and set them back down. Uh, you go in alternate teams, uh, turns. Once an entire team has finished their beers, they are declared the winning team. Penalty beers. You must set your beer down carefully. If your beer overflows upon setting on the ground, you will receive a penalty beer. Uh, you must finish all your beers for your team to be declared the winner. If you drink past the word stop, you also receive penalty beer. If the projector <laughs> knocks down your beer, you also receive penalty beer. That's a lot of beer rules. Always. Well, mate. Wrapping it up. We've squeezed so much in. Can't wait to be back next week. Thanks to Masita, the best sportswear in Australia. As always, this is 365 Days of Sport. We'll see you next week.